Baseball's back, and so are we with the Pay to Play podcast, episode 66. I'm James Adjikowski. Frank Geib here with me. Uh, like we said, it's if you're listening to this, there's a good chance it's opening day, hopefully. Otherwise, it's opening weekend of uh, Major League Baseball coming back into the thick of things. So that's primarily what you're going to hear on this episode. Uh, but we'll have some other sports quick hits, including the MLS, because the MLS is back tournament. Uh, it's just wrapping up their group stage play. Uh, and then in the market, uh, we're going to talk about crypto custody by banks. And I say that with a question mark because Frank's going to tell us all about that uh, and a little bit more. Uh, but again, the Pay to Play podcast, we're here for your hybrid bridge between sports and finance. Um, and in episode 66 here, Frank, uh, we're going to talk a lot about baseball. So we'll start with a fun fact about it. Uh, and so this year, obviously, with the COVID shortened season, we have a 60 game schedule. Uh, last time there was a 60-game season in the MLB, you got to go all the way back to 1878. And I uh, did not really do this math in my head before, but I'll carry the one quickly. I think that's 142 years since we've had a 60-game season. Uh, and that was when the that's Boston... That's good math. That, I, that was pretty good. I, I was doing a little bit. Um, uh, and the Boston Red Stockings... i got to stop patting myself on the back over here. Boston Red Stockings were tops in the league, 41-19. and 19. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds finished second. Uh, another team, the Chicago White Stockings. So you can tell where the White Sox and Red Sox got their names. It came from those stockings back in the uh, <laughs> 19th century. Uh, what's funny about that, just as I kept kept doing my research, the National League was the only league in existence at that point. The American League came in later. Uh, National oh, yeah. League was founded in 1876. Um, and then this, this season was kind of the third season of its existence. Um the Reds got expelled, you know, I don't know, it was 15, 20 years later down the line, uh, because originally, like, the commissioner or owner wanted no beer to be sold at games and no games on Sunday. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds owner or their management group voted against that. They were one of one of eight teams that voted against that. All the other teams were cool with it. Wow. So the Cincinnati Reds, uh, they were kind of edgy back in the day, and that got them kicked out of the league. They came back into the league. Uh, then they had their time as the Cincinnati Red Stockings, uh, but then found their way back to the Reds, then the Red Legs, then back to the Reds again. So I, I don't want to talk too much about Cincinnati, but they've had a, a wild name history, and uh, they're just luck in the baseball history. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Um, just all of that, to be honest. Um, but what else we got going on then? Are, are we? Uh, are we just going to go right into the MLB and let's talk about this I, season? I was just going to say, you know, we're recording this. It is National Hot Dog Day. We did stuff on the hot dog eating contest now uh, or a couple weeks ago. Uh, but I am appreciative for what they kind of instilled in that league, saying because now you can go to a game and you can have a beer, you can have a hot dog, uh, and you can you, you can go on a Sunday, um, even though if it is the Sabbath and everything. So just appreciative of that. But yeah, otherwise let's rock into our ad read. Obviously, this year you can't go and have a beer and a hot dog. But one day, one day <laughs> soon, we'll be able to have that back. Otherwise, you got to enjoy it from home for the time being. Uh, but right. add read enjoy. right now, and then we got a lot more coming your way. All right, guys. As you know, the MLB is going to have a 60-game schedule starting right now. Whatever day it is that you're listening, the games are being played. Um, and James, there's some, a few rule changes we'll we'll talk about before we start talking about some of the teams and some of the some of the props we like for the season. What, what are they? Um, so the main ones are I'll, we'll talk about the three batter minimum. Basically, relief pitchers if they come into a game, they have to face three batters. Um, that will pose a, a difference for guys like Terry Francona and the Indians, who was famous for bringing in 
a pitcher to face one hitter, you know, get a lefty lefty yeah. in there. Uh, you're going to see a lot less, I guess, changes as a result of that. Uh, that does beg the question, you know, if a guy fakes an injury, can they take him out early? I suppose, you know, that's something they have to address. We'll see how they enforce that and everything going forward. Um, the other big one, Frank, in extra innings, uh, basically a runner would start on second base. Um, and so that is only effect for the regular season. Uh, but that could be interesting for run totals and overs betters and stuff like that. You, you always have hope. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Always just getting an extra guy on. If you get to the extra innings, that would be uh, favoring the over this year uh, versus the under. Uh, but I mean, that, you'd have to bet like every game probably to get that advantage. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's too much. of uh-huh. it, But no, that'll be very interesting to kind of speed up and avoid kind of long inning games. Um, I like this. The ball will be thrown out once it has been touched by multiple players. Wow. So yeah, they're really not messing around this year with. Uh, but, but like, doesn't the pitcher and catch it touch it? Pitcher and catcher touch it every time. It they do, but they're not. They, you can't oh, use a new ball every pitch. It's just not oh, yeah. realistic. Uh, I guess without fans in the stands this year, foul balls once those are hit out, like they're probably just going to stockpile them somewhere. To be honest with you, didn't you say the A's could like pay to have their face like? Fans could pay to have their like faces put on the chairs. Yeah, and if some, a foul ball hits their chair or something, they can keep it. Yeah, some some teams are doing that. I think the New York Mets are another one. I think Stu Finer has his cut out there. Maybe I'm making <laughs> that up. But uh, yeah, so there is no spitting. That's the weird one that I don't think a lot of players are going to. But chewing tobacco is crazy. Yeah, I mean a, a lot, lot of players like to chew tobacco. Oh, they're addicted. That's part of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean they have nicotine, man. I mean, I think even you can look in dugouts and people will be sneaking their way around it and everything. So they're allowed to chew gum, but it's like they, they don't want spitting. Like, there's no way. Spitting's part of baseball. I think that was the title of the article Trevor Bauer wrote in the Players' Tribune or something like that. Spitting it, is ingrained in baseball culture. It is. It, like, there's no if or ands or buts about it. It, it kind of is. So we'll see how that gets enforced and everything. And celebratory contact's going to be a little different. They. They say no high fives, but I've already seen them multiple times in the preseason games that they've had, these little exhibitions over this last week. Um, so, I mean, those are the main ones. Nothing. Yeah, too- I'm just I'm thinking about the spitting thing, and you know what it reminds me of is uh, when we beat that one team in the Bay Tournament when we were kids. Yeah. Did the, co- did the coaches of the opposing team, like, spit on their players? I think they were having them spit on themselves. I don't oh, know. spit on themselves. Ingrained in the culture of baseball. Man, I have- like it. Might have to have J.R. Klonk on for a live take because he was on the opposing side of that one. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was our blast from the past back in episode, like, two or three. Um, yeah. And uh, so, great, great tournament. Well, great baseball. Done, I'm, I'm in the baseball mood. So what's going, what's going on? Game starts tonight, or I guess tomorrow. We have... Uh... Yeah, it depends when you're listening. But, yeah, Nationals, Yankees. Or Dr. Anthony Fauci throwing out the first pitch at Nationals Park. Going to be a like quick. The prop bet is will the ball be caught in the air or not? You can find a book to bet on that. I say it's going to get caught in the air. The guy played high school basketball, knows his way around a sports field. That's a great um, bet. It's I, probably like an even bet, too, I bet. I bet. I think I, I haven't actually seen odds on that. I just know ESPN Streak for the Cash is offering it. Um, so if you want to get into that game, you can go that take you get, your streak, you get your streak started. You get the streak started just like that. Um, the one other thing we should mention is they are talking about potentially expanded playoffs, and that's a development that may happen between the time of this recording and when, when you listen to us, because uh, they're literally trying to hammer that out uh, before that first pitch is thrown out. They kind of want to expand from 10 teams to 16, which would be huge, and I have no idea about 
uh, how that would be structured and everything. So I'm not going to waste time talking about it. If that happens, uh, you'll hear more about it at a later date. Uh, well, we're under the assumption they're still going five teams each league. Um, yeah, I'm here for it, though. I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I mean, so tomorrow, like that first game, Max Scherzer versus Garrett Cole, uh, two prime, prime pitchers, and Nationals coming back playing their first game since winning a World Series. Mad Max, I, I know I'll be backing him. I hate the Yankees. Favoritism in the first bet of the baseball season. What else can you ask for? That's all yeah. I've got to say there. Yeah, I mean, the Nationals, Juan Soto, the young gun, um, was a beast in the World Series. I think he's going to have a big night tomorrow. We, well, we want to hear from you guys, the listeners, what teams do you want us to break down? We're not going to go through all of them here today, but we did want to give kind of a baseball season preview. We can't oh, we go through our home team, though. Oh, of Let's course. Go the yeah, the Tribe's throwing Shane Bieber on Friday against the Royals at home. That's a series that in a 60-game sprint, you got to take two or three, if not sweep. Royals are not half bad, though. I'll tell you what, that lineup, they've bolstered a little bit um, with Hunter Dozier in the middle. Um, you got guys like Jorge Soler coming off a 40-home run season. Uh, there are no slouches, and Bieber's been prone to give up the home run. So um, it's the first time post-Corey Kluber era, Frank. I think you were the one to dig up this stat. That, um, yeah, he started every, every uh, home opener since uh, 2014, I think, or 2015. Yeah, 2014. Six in a row. Justin Masterson was that, the man back then. Um, so the Indians did not make the playoffs last year, obviously, despite a 93-win season. Um, and it's going to be really interesting, I think, over the course of the 60 games, how big of a leash not only does Harry Francona give with the Indians, but I think a lot of teams with, you know, I guess experiments to a degree, if they, if they have a guy kind of back end of the rotation, um, do they want to go to a four-man rotation after that, given that it's a shorter season? So uh, a number five starter might have a pretty short leash in terms of how long they stay in the rotation. Uh, also to be said within the bullpen, if a closer's struggling, you can't stick with them. Brad Hand had some, some of the yips at the end of last year for the Tribe. Uh, these yeah. are all questions <laughs> that are kind of looming. Yeah, you can't have a slow start to either this year. So, yeah, I mean, but, you know, Tito, he loves to experiment always. So you're going to get a lot of different lineups. You're going to get, you know, different guys pitching here or there situationally. He'll probably have guys fake an injury or two just to not have to pitch the <laughs> – <laughs> I mean, like, maybe not a full fake, but, oh, man, the arm's getting sore. I could see it. Uh, but I like us. I mean, I, I do think uh, we have a real good chance to win, to win our – uh, AL Central. Um, it's it's going to be competitive. Obviously, the Twins are good. Uh, the the White Sox are looking a lot better. Um, so yeah, it'll be tough. But I, I do have us winning the Central. Good, Frank. I was going to say let's hop right into who we have winning each division. Um, it is going to. I think it's going to be tightly contested. Twins last year obviously were fantastic team in that they set a home run record for the single season. Uh, they I I think there's some regression to be had there, but they still have a very strong lineup with Donaldson. Uh, Miguel Sano, you name it, Jorge Polanco, Eddie Rosario, all those guys can flat out hit the ball. I think they take a step back in their pitching. Uh, Kyle Gibson has found new pastures for himself. Um, I think he's in Texas. I don't know. What, I, not worth the time to think about that. Um, but the point is, I think they are due for some regression. And I did actually do a little um, modeling statistically. And one, one method to do that is called Pythagorean win percentage. And so oh, yeah. it basically factors in your runs scored and runs allowed versus just wins and losses. So it gives you a little bit um, of a, a couple squares in there. I yeah. Think. Yeah. You work with exponents a little bit. I don't want to talk too much statistically. If you want to know more about it, I'd be happy to nerd off on you. But the point is it's supposed to refine the winning percentage to give you a little bit of a 
truer picture about how that team performed wins and losses versus um, you know what they actually ended up doing. Twins are a team that did overperform last year based on that that methodology. Um, I mean, there's a couple other teams that also underperformed. For instance, like uh, the Chicago Cubs last year were expected by that strategy to go with 91 wins. What do they end up with? 84. They missed the playoffs. Um, there's a lot of other teams that you can kind of look at and say, oh, should have been here or there. So I factored some of that into my predictions too. Um, not going to go through all of that, but I did have the Indians winning this year over, uh, and I think the Chicago White Sox take that number two spot. I think the Twins fall all the way to three. I don't think those any of those three teams are separated by more than three games in the standings, so though. I think it's a tight race through and through. Uh, so I'm with you on the Tribe take in the Central. Uh, Homer bias um, acknowledged. Let's put that aside. But I think statistically they're there. Um, and let's talk AL West next, Frank. I think this is an interesting division. The Astros obviously can't boo them in real person and in, in real life this year. Um, but I guess there's an app or some some way that through MLB app that you can the trash actually, can noise. Yeah, well, not even that, but like you're able to legitimately let your um, fandom be known. So you can log into this app and say you want to cheer for or against a certain team. I don't know if it gets reflected in the stadium, but at least in some virtual manner, you're able to do that. So probably sounds stupid the way I'm describing it. I guarantee you it's cooler. Uh, I might tweet out exactly how to do that. The Astros Revenge Tour on Twitter tweeted about it. Um, and so... You still have the Astros winning. That's what I'm seeing here. I do. I do have them winning. They're still a very talented team. Yes, they lose Garrett Cole. Uh, they get Lance McCullers back. He's a strong pitcher. Um, I think the LA Angels threaten, and I think that's who you have winning the division, Frank. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's a, it's a hot shot pick. I'm gonna, you know, fade the Astros. Act like they're not cheating this year, so they're gonna struggle a little bit more. Um, and I'm gonna take uh, Mike Trout to finally get his team over the hump and and win a win a division for once. All right, I, I like that. They add Anthony I mean, Rendon. They yeah. they bolster that lineup a little bit. Otani will be pitching. Otani's going to be hopefully pitching. He's looking uh, look pretty healthy. He'll definitely be uh, in the lineup as well, hitting bombs. So I definitely like their chances. Uh, but yeah, obviously the Astros are the team to beat in that in the uh, West. What about the East? I think we're we're in agreement here that the Yankees are just uh, top to bottom. You know, the best roster probably they, one they, one of the best in baseball. They are, and I think that it's hard to argue their talent level and their depth with within that talent. Um, so really hard to envision someone else taking that division. The Red Sox are too beat up on their pitching staff. Uh, they lose Mookie Betts. Their lineup has some questions in the bottom half of the order. I think they're like a third team in that division. Tampa Bay Rays probably give them a run for their money. They have some great pitching depth as well. Uh, kind of a strong lineup as well. It, it, you kind of saw some guys blossom last year. Yanni Diaz had a pretty solid year. Um, G-Man Choi, another guy uh, along with um, Kevin Kiermaier kind of came to life. Austin Meadows, young talent. I, I'm just naming names at this point, but they do have a good lineup. Uh, you really I, know the Rays. I, I do. I like the Rays. They're a small market team like the Tribe. I And so let's just hop right into our wild card picks, Frank, since we're in agreement on the division. I have the Angels taking a wild card spot, and I have the Rays taking the other uh, with my dearest regards to the Oakland Athletics because I think they are a strong team as well, um, and I think they're just on the outside looking in um, despite kind of what they have in their lineup. So, well, they're probably hoping for a 16-team playoff. Which I think, I mean, every team is hoping for that to a degree. Besides maybe, you know, the Yankees, Astros, and guys. You, you'd that are, like, going to get in, they think, yeah. You would, you would think are going to shoot. But yeah, last, who, knows? Yeah. who knows this season? You, I don't think anything's a, a sure, sure thing. 
Yeah, well, with me having the Angels, I took the Astros to make a wild card spot, and then the Twins actually out of the Central. Um, I just think you know our the Central playing the NL Central, uh, like both Central divisions playing each other, I think uh, helps the Twins and Indians to uh, you know maybe make a little more push for that wild card spot. I I no I I like that, and I think I, I'm probably a little too harsh on the Twins myself. Part of that's just anger over last year knocking us out of a 93 win season, but. Statistically, like I said, maybe a little overvalued, and they, they lost a guy or two. So time will tell there. Uh, I say let's hop into the National League, Frank. Let's start with the division we are in agreement on again, uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. After falling to the Nationals last year in the playoffs, I think they are uh, out for blood this year. And it's easy to say that after they've kind of fallen short of their World Series goal time and time again over the, these past five years or so. Uh, but this year they add Mookie Betts to the lineup. David Price is not playing, so that hurts the rotation a little bit. Um, but th- that lineup, they have a guy, Gavin Lux, that didn't even make their opening day roster, uh, and he's one of the top prospects in baseball. So uh, adding the DH spot gives Jock Peterson a spot to play every day. <laughs> see how they don't run away with this division. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, they just top to bottom, great lineup, as he said, and uh, the pitching's still pretty strong, so... I like them to easily win the division, but I still think they'll choke in the playoffs pretty easily. I just, I think pretty it's pretty easily. It's, it's a thing I assume at this point that the <laughs> Dodgers are not going to win. Yeah, I know it hasn't been easy. I guess I know they have been very close the past few years, but I just think now they're just it's going to be in their heads once they get there. Bueller and Kershaw. I mean, it's all about health with pitching this year. If you got a pitcher that ends up missing two weeks, he misses almost a quarter of the season in a sense. I, yeah, my math doesn't quite check out there, but take my word for it. So um, let's talk the Central. Um, this is a very interesting division and the one that we'll see a lot of watching the Indians because they're so Yeah, wide open division too. They're, you know, the Milwaukee Brewers have, uh, you know, they come off a year where Christian Yelich kind of got hurt towards the end of it. They fell out of contention. Cincinnati Reds are your pick, Frank. Um, I don't disagree. They, they are going to be a fun team to watch. They have a good rotation. Uh, Trevor Bauer in that three spot along with, um, Sonny Gray will get the opening day start for them. Um, who's the other guy? Diego Castillo. Maybe I hope I'm not making that up. No, I think it's Luis Castillo. Why, they're, Did they uh, trade for someone last year? Who am I thinking of? Uh, they get rid of him. That in terms of trading for someone, they a have pitcher. A pitcher. They had, I don't. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Bauer. Bauer was a guy they traded for last year. I thought they traded for another guy. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, okay, the guy's Luis Castillo. Um, he's a fantastic pitcher. So their top three is very strong there. Uh, they do have a lot of talent in that lineup. Um, Eugenio Suarez being kind of the main power threat, I would say. Uh, and then I'm, I'm going to cheer for the Ohio teams this year. Cincy and Cleveland, let's go. Hard to argue with that. I, I do. I, I have the St. Louis Cardinals repeating. Uh, ever since they kind of got there, I think it was, they, they kind of took it to the Atlanta Braves early, early on in the playoffs. Uh, but then faltered themselves. St. Louis Cardinals with Jack Flaherty leading their staff. I have them winning that division. I mean, you could easily say Cubs. You could say Brewers. I would have a tough time arguing with Yeah, them. that division's wide open. I it's like up, that. It's up for grabs. Um, but I would say the toughest division in all of baseball this year is going to be the NL East. And I say that because I think there's four contenders in that, in that division. Um, between the Braves, who took it last year. Got the New York Mets, who come back with a renewed sense of confidence with Yohannes Cespedes. You get the Philadelphia Phillies, who have added a piece or two to their lineup. And then, um, why am I blanking on this last team, Frank? Um, 
It's the what Nationals. Yeah, it's the Nationals, the re- uh, defending <laughs> champs. That's pretty sad. Think about That's why it. you're blanking on them. Though. Yeah, uh, the Miami Marlins. Sorry, I, I don't think they're there yet. But I think any of those four teams would be a fair pick in this division. You take the Braves to repeat. I said the Phillies. Um, I don't know. Try and defend the Braves pick really quickly for me. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I just have been a Braves fan. A Braves stand. I'm a big, I'm a big Robert Acuna Jr. guy. Your it's, guy. Yeah, that's my guy. I met him last year, All-Star Week. I, I was going to say, if you can't defend it, I'll defend it for you. I, I love that team. I, they're very fun to root for. Freddie Freeman, Beast. I mean, it's a good team to cheer for. Recently recovered COVID. He apparently was praying, Lord, don't take me. He was, uh, he was struggling. He said his fever was up in the 103 range, but he's feeling better, feeling stronger. Uh, Dansby Swanson, the guy from Vanderbilt up the middle, uh, heck of a player. Ozzy Albies, you know, they're a young, scrappy bunch, and I, I don't see them missing the playoffs this year. I just think the Phillies could eke it out. Uh, that's probably partially some emotional bias for Bryce Harper that I have, not going to lie. But between him, JT Real Muto, they add Didi Gregorius to the top of that lineup. Uh, they, they have threats all around, the, all around uh, one through nine. So, that's, Who's your favorite player that's active now that Lonnie Chisholm Hall is retired? That's tough. I, so it's not that tough. I'd say Evan Longoria, but he's actually starting on the injured list. Uh, <sighs> Longoria is a guy I've liked for a long time uh, in Tampa, and then once he made the move to San Fran, I kind of stuck with him. I do own a jersey of his. Um, but otherwise, I'd say Bryce Harper. His wife played soccer at Ohio State. That's a nice little connection there, so he reps the Buckeyes sometimes. Acuna, having met Acuna, recognizing how good he is at his age. I'm only 10 months older than him. I just have an immense respect there. He's fun to watch. Um, so those are, those are my top three, probably. On the tribe itself, uh, it's Brad Hand. I do love Brad. Um, and Brad's going to be key this year. He's going to be key to a big run. I actually like both Brads. Bradley Zimmer is probably the other guy up there for me because I think a lot of people count him out. That's typically my MO. I love guys that people count out and say, oh, he's washed up. No, Zimmer's 27, had a good camp. John Fanta working uh, for Indians Baseball Insider. He, he asked Francona about, you know, what is Bradley doing? He changed his stance a little bit, gives, gives him some more flexibility to expose that power, uh, bring that to life. So I like all, all guys like that that kind of get counted out uh, before they're really, really, truly done. All right. All right, there we go. Um... We got to talk. Do we give NL wild cards? No, let's run through them real quick. Um, we both have NL East teams. I have Washington uh, and the Mets. Yeah, give me the Nationals too. I don't see them missing the playoffs with Strasburg and Scherzer. Um, losing Rendon hurts, but once Soto and all that young talent, I, it's tough to keep them out. And then I do have yeah. the Braves taking that other spot. You have the Mets. Um, again, yeah, just random pick. I, I just think that division is so much stronger than the other two. I mean, with regards, I know you're a Rockies guy. We can talk our regular season win win bets. Um, I, I know, I think what I'm strong on the Phillies. I took the over 31 with them, and I took the under 35 with the Twins. I took the under 22 with the Tigers. I think they're a clear last in the AL Central. And I took over with the Padres. I think the Padres, I mean, that NL West, I say the Dodgers run away with it. There's no clear-cut number two to me. I think the Padres could take that step this year uh, with their pitching. And they got, they got Machado and Hosmer, right? They do have both those guys. Chris Paddock is a young stud. He'll be on opening day. And oh, that's an interesting team. I totally forgot about that. Kirby Yates is a... They're starting to pay team. for talent. They are. That, I mean, San Diego, not necessarily a small market. It's no 
LA. They just haven't been that talented for a while. Yeah, it's, like. it's been a little while since you know Tony Gwynn played. I... <laughs> All right. Um, what's your like ALCS, NLCS, and World Series? So I don't know exactly how records will shake out, but I do have. Uh, I think the Indians could win a series. I really think they could this year. And I, the homer in me wants to take them to go all the way, but I have the Tampa Bay Rays making it to the World Series this year. Um, and that's, I don't know. I think. Hey, you got to pick something. It's hard to pick, right? It now. is. It is. You don't want to pick Yankees, Dodgers. So I, I yeah, you know. Which it, you can't. It, yeah, that's the that's the chalk pick. I'm not a chalk guy. Never have been. Never will be. Uh, so give me the Tampa Bay Rays eking it out over the Tribe in the ALCS, uh, and then give me the LA Dodgers taking down the Braves um, in the NLCS, and then I have Dodgers finally getting over that hump against the Rays. All right, I'll do Indians take out the Astros in the ALCS, um, but All right. All right. lose, but lose in the World Series again to the Braves, um, and the Braves will beat. Let's see, the Braves will beat the Reds. In the NLCS. All right. Uh, 25 years to uh, to the day when the Braves beat the Indians in a shortened season. They only played, uh, I mean, they did not play a full. Yeah, Groundhog Day. I think it was 141 games that season. 25 years later, shortened season again. You could see it, uh, history repeating itself a little bit or rhyming, if you will. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have $22 to win like 500 on the Indians. Pretty pumped about that. Love it. All right. I, so I hope they win. I think I think that's a warranted bet. It's something to cheer for throughout the year. I think that's enough baseball talk. We just hammered it home. Let's do some quick hits on some other sports. Uh, within the MLS, Frank, we talked about that tournament being back. The crew are the only team to go to a 3-0 start and secure nine points, uh, taking their way, clinching a, a spot in the, the third round. They're playing well. Um, They've won a lot of money. I'm loving them. The Portland Timbers are 2-0. and uh, LAFC took down the Galaxy 6-2 to two this last weekend. A lot of these games are crapshoots. You see, you see, I think they were very slow to start scoring in the first couple. Nowadays, you're seeing some high-scoring affairs. You're kind of seeing teams go ball to the wall. Um, I don't know. It's, I think it's entertaining for the most part. I've seen some pretty bad calls. I got screwed on one bet uh, where there's a blatant handball in the box. They didn't even go to VAR, which is uh, video something review. I, I don't know. Assistant what. review, I think. Regardless, they messed up that system. So, um, Whatever the case is, I think that's a fun tournament to follow. As we get into the playoffs stages officially of that, um, I think we'll go more in depth with that. But just wanted a quick shout shout out what they're doing over there. Um, and then, Frank, we'll talk more NBA, NHL next week as those two leagues kick back off. Uh, but this is baseball's week. We want to dedicate it most to them. PGA, we've been talking about it for a while. Uh, John Rahm ran away with it at Jack's Place, their second straight week at Merrifield Village in Dublin. Um, he was one of nine players to finish the tournament under par. The course won that weekend, Frank, but Rom did by a couple strokes, and you won a little bit of money. That I guess that, that'll take us into our glad beats section, uh, where John Rom committed a two-stroke penalty, yeah. without even knowing it during the round, barely moving the ball by touching a blade of grass that rotated at just the slightest dimple, and next thing you know, he loses two strokes, you win your matchup bet on Sunday. Yeah, so yeah, we'll go sad, glad beats. I like that uh, transition, Sad, that's good. Um, so this is a glad one. Um, John Rahm, yeah. So I, I think it was the 16th, he chipped in. It looked like he was going to be in trouble, and the other guy was only down three. But then he chips in for birdie, so he goes back up four. Um, and then it looks like it's over because there's only two holes left. 
But then on the 18th, they're like, oh, it looks like someone like called in. Like they can literally, fans can call in if they have video evidence of like a player like committing a penalty. Wow. And so if the ball even moves just the slightest amount when he puts his club behind it, um, uh, it's, it's a two-stroke penalty. And so it gave him, I think, he went from a 70, like four to a 76. And I took it in a matchup versus Palmer, who was down in second, down four for the final day. And he would have lost by three, or he would have lost by five, but instead he lost by three. So he won, he won the, the matchup. It was a great clad beat. That I actually won off that penalty. Gotta love yeah, it. And Ron still won as well. So it was all good. All is good in the neighborhood there. What, you, had more, you had a more impressive beat. Let's hear yours. Yeah, so I had nothing sad. I just only want to radiate positive energy this week. I'm in a good mood. Um, I've been betting on the Korean baseball organization for a little while now. Uh, making some parlays as of late. I think I know the league pretty well. There's only 10 teams, so you get to know kind of your opponents. You see these pitchers a couple of times. Uh, and so I made a little parlay on uh, Monday night where I took, you know, one under where there's two good pitchers. That one was never in doubt. Uh, there's another one where I took a team's money line. They were heavily favored facing the worst team in the league. I go, all right, that one's okay too. Then I took the NC Dinos. Wasn't their best pitcher, but I've been riding the Dinos for a while. Um, against the Samsung Lions. Uh, they were up 5-3, and then they kind of blew it to let it go to 5-5. Next thing you know, they go into extra innings. But the fourth leg, which is the most impressive, uh, was the KT Wiz. They were they have the league's best player, Mel Rojas Jr., spent some time in the minor leagues in the MLB. Um, and I literally go, you know what, he's a good hitter. The LG Twins have uh, a questionable bullpen. The KT Wiz were down 8-1. to one to the LG Twins, uh, and I turn on the game. I, the reason I chose that game to bet on also is it was on ESPN. Easy to flip it on in the morning. They rally uh, for eight runs in the seventh inning. Uh, Mel wow. Rojas Jr. hits the, hits the game-tying home run, uh, so they take the lead 9-8. The Twins battle back, make it 9-9. We go into the bottom of the ninth, leading off the inning. Mel Rojas Jr., second home run in three innings, walks wow. it off. So a seven-run comeback. And that, that walk-off comes minutes after the dinos walk it off. Or, and it's like within five minutes, I had two walk-offs. Odds were plus 800 on the parlay. I was a happy camper. Glad to be. I mean, all uh, the way over in Korea, man. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I owe those guys. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I owe them a lot of my. What was, what was the parlay? How much was it for? Eight to win 64. You know. I mean, that's a good, yeah, that's a good fun bet. And you hit. Pads the pockets a little bit. But yeah, that definitely pads the pockets. All right, speaking of um, betting pockets, Frank, I think we go right into the market, wrap this bad boy up. Don't want to Yeah, we'll do a sh- very short market review, guys. Um, finished higher again. You know, the markets have been pretty strong. Third consecutive week. Uh, a lot of that is coronavirus vaccine optimism and uh, some positive economic data. Uh, Zabs, retail sales jumped 7.5% in June, and uh, the industrial production increased the most since 1959, which was uh, both, like, surprising to the upside for what people were expecting. And so basically retail sales are back at their pre-virus levels. Um, and, you know, we're basically right by all-time highs. Um, I think the NASDAQ is at all-time highs. Tesla is, you know, up 500% this year. Um, just reported they earnings. are an anomaly, man. I'll tell you. I mean, they just reported earnings, and they wouldn't have made money if they didn't get, like, government credits. And they went up, like, 10% after hours. Yeah. <laughs> like, for the quarter, I'm saying they would have, they would have been negative earnings, I think. I, but, hey. I'd like to think we know a little bit more about finance than the average Joe, but even to me, it's baffling what's going on 
with regards to that. Markets are not always rational, man. You can't control them. Um, but anything else really going on? There's not too much going on. Um, I just, you know what I said at the top of the episode, the quick thing about crypto, crypto. How banks are able to kind of take ownership of that to a degree. Uh, lay that out in, in simple terms if you can. It's very simple terms. It's just like the big banks like JP Morgan, KeyBank, US Bank. KeyBank's not even that big. They're regional. But to me, they're always big because I'm from Cleveland. But uh, JP, yeah, just the big banks, Wells Fargo, Chase, um, they can start holding your crypto basically and be a crypto custody for you. So like people buy on Robinhood and Coinbase, um, but now like the big banks basically who need a little bit more regulatory approval to do some of those types of things. Okay. Basically, they have that approval, which just... It helps with like a Bitcoin and Ethereum adoption because people can hold it in their banks. I mean, kind of the idea of Bitcoin is that you don't need a bank. You can yeah. be your own yeah. bank. Um, that's part of the idea. But some people that just want to have the exposure and not have the, the risk of losing it or something. Sure. Uh, which is tough to do, but can happen. Uh, you can go through a big bank probably in a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think that helps a lot of boomers adopt it because yeah, exactly. Probably... So it just makes it more adoptable to most people that are already in those banking systems. There's definitely people that are just like probably strictly adhering to you know their banks, the way they know how to do things, yeah. and whatnot. Uh, but at least you know it gives them that opportunity to get some exposure to that. Which I think the more widely accepted it becomes, slowly but surely, that's a good step for it. Um, yeah. So interesting. Nothing else I really wanted to call it in the markets. Uh, we are in an earnings season now. Uh, we, I think we touched on that last episode. Haven't heard a ton of big companies lately other than Microsoft uh, did kill earnings. Cloud revenue is up for them. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's enough market talk. I will, we'll go more into that on a later episode, but this one was mostly baseball, Frank. Uh, we're not even doing buy or sell this weekend. I'm just buying the hell out of baseball being back. I played it for too long to give it up. Um, and it these last couple of months, I was itching for it. So Huge buys, baseball, beer, and hot dogs, uh, with it being National Hot Dog Day today. So, all that is a buy, and I think time for the song of the week. Another, this is, I guess, related to the Glad Beat section. I had Victor Hovland to make the cut last weekend. Um, He did not have a great round one. He was two over. Uh, He posted on his Instagram story uh, this song by the the, uh, band Ghost. Ghost, I think they are like a heavy metal group. Uh, but fairly well known in that genre. Not one that you or I have too much experience with. Yeah. But it's their most popular song on Spotify called Dance Macabre. Um, and he throws that on his Instagram story. I, I got pretty confident. All right, he's going to come out day two, make a cut. I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be safe with my bet. Uh, just that happens. He came out and birdied six of the first nine holes. Uh, <laughs> there are the jokes right there. Uh, no 69 jokes on that one. He just played a really solid round of golf. Um, and made the cut after listening to that song. I got pumped up. Uh, I showed it to Luke Diggs. He he went out and shot a 37, I think, after listening to that song. I shot a 37 this weekend. There we Did go. Did you? Wow. Everyone's playing good golf. I should have shot a 36. There. I was pretty pissed. I shot a 47 uh, this past week. A little, <laughs> hey, there you go. Baby steps. Um, so, yeah. I, I'm not going to. Best tip to uh, save some scores on your golf game the eraser. The eraser. There you go. I like that. All right. Uh, I think that's about it. enough from us. Let's let's uh, call this one an episode. Uh, thanks for joining us Thank here on episode 66. Toss us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, you name it. Uh, we're around. Um, and go turn on some baseball. It's good for the soul. Yeah, go try.